This is Mike Ganser from Aqueous, and this podcast is In The Loop, the Legion of Osiris podcasts. Osiris connects you with podcasts, videos, and live experiences about the artists and topics you love. Visit OsirisPod.com to check out our shows. Osiris works in partnership with Jambase, which connects music fans with the music they love and empowers them to go see live music. Check them out at Jambase.com. Welcome in to episode 84 of The Bluest Tape. I am Harvey Couch, and once again, I'm flying solo this week. Uh, No worries, Jeff is fine. Just been busy and uh, trying to get some shows out, and um, occasionally that means you're going to get one of us by ourselves. But I'm actually not by myself this week. This is... A very special episode of the Bluest Tape, um, joined by RJB, who is uh, also known as the creator and co-host of the Helping Friendly podcast, and also the creator of the Osiris Media Empire. And um, I was up in DC for some work stuff and managed to catch a panic show uh, at the MGM National Harbor on March 17th. And the day after that uh, was in DC and met up with RJ and we recorded this that you're going to hear in just a few minutes. And also we did an episode of the Helping Friendly podcast, which came out uh, on April 3rd. And that's episode 152 of the Helping Friendly podcast, uh, where I stumbled my way through discussing fish and uh, three fish shows that that RJ gave me and um, actually enjoyed quite a bit of it. Managed to get in some shots on uh, on 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 some, you know, certain certain passages of fish (laughs) of fish music, as well as some of the fans. But, you know. For the most part, they're good people, just like all of us are, right? Um, anyway, RJ was kind enough to join us here on the Bluest Tape, and um, we uh, we had some chats about his experience with Panic, and I picked out some shows for him to listen to, and, and we chatted him up. So um, we're going to get to that here in just a few minutes. But uh, just to give you a little bit of uh you know, frame of reference. Again, this was, we recorded this on March 18th. That was the day after the third night of the, um, panic show at the national Harbor. And so we, yeah, I I referenced that show a few times just because it was the, it was the day after. And, um, so if you hear me talk about last night, that's, that's what I'm talking about. But, um, anyway, we had a great time and, um, I don't want to, you know, keep you from it anymore, but, um, definitely, uh, check out after you're done listening to this, go over to the helping friendly podcast and listen to episode 152 and listen to all their stuff. Cause they have some really great stuff there. Uh, but it's interesting to hear me talk about fish. That is for sure. Um, all right. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, you know, the drill bluestape.com, uh, Facebook, Twitter, um, hit us up, let us know what you think. Um, 
we are proud to be a, uh, a founding member of the Osiris Media Network, a partner with uh, Jambase, which is a very exciting partnership that we have um, embarked upon. And um, so, yeah, I think that's enough chattering. Let's, uh, let's get to me and RJ talking panic. All right, coming to you live from the worldwide headquarters of Osiris Media. I'm joined by the grand pooba of Osiris Media, RJB. RJ, well, welcome to the Bluest Tape. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, I can't believe you you announced that we were at the worldwide headquarters. So thank you for uh, for coming all the way here. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, happy to be happy to be here, and appreciate your your time. And looking forward to uh, to discussing some some music. So. Um, I guess first, let's talk. Just tell tell the people a little bit about uh, your podcast, right? The the Helping Friendly podcast, sort of the uh, the one of the cornerstones of the uh, of the Osiris Network. Yeah, yeah. So we started um, the podcast in 2013, and the idea was just to get um, get into depth on some fish shows and fish jams and and you know arrows and that sort of thing, and really just kind of provide some commentary a lot of the stuff that's been out there i don't know if it's the same for you guys but a lot of the kind of commentary that's out there was blogs and mm. old websites and books and there just wasn't a lot of podcast were commentary. You, were you the first we weren't the first there was there was one called type two cast which uh, a guy who who became a friend steve olker started right. and that was sort of a they would break down specific pieces of mm. of jams and we wanted to kind of bring in fan perspectives and just go and, and listen to a full set or a full show. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of the dead pod. Have you sure. heard of that pod? Yeah. So that was one of the inspirations for right. us. Cause it's just cool. Like every Friday you mm-hmm. get a new dead set to listen to. So that was part of the inspiration was just like, but I mean, he doesn't talk at all. Right. Right. it's just like, here's a set, listen to it. Yeah. Here's like one minute of explanation. So we wanted to take it a little bit further, int- introduce fans interview people and kind of get get people's perspectives okay nice yeah so it's you know pretty similar to what we do um and you know i would i would be lying if i didn't tell you that you know you guys were an inspiration to us too when we saw that other folks are doing it nobody was uh well i take that back uh ted rockwell who um who started the everyday companion which is the like the setless compendium for the for the band Mm -hmm. uh did did a podcast uh he did like 75 or 80 um, and then and stopped a few years ago, but yeah, he basically he d- you know didn't quite do as much commentary as we do. It, yeah, it was more similar, just like here's some stuff and here's a little bit of historical you know reference. But so yeah, he kind of blazed the trail for us too. But did you and is that why you wanted to start it? Just same thing, like get yeah. into show discussion and get a little deeper in the music. Yeah. So you know Jeff uh, Colath, who's my my uh, my co-host, we we've been you know, nerding out about panic since, since like 2000. And it initially was like on AOL instant messenger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We would chat about stuff. <laughs> and, then, and then, and then it got to the point where as we got older and, you know, life and stuff. And it's like, we would just get on the phone and talk about like, so, you know, Hey, I checked this out. You know, have you ever listened to this show or, you know, whatever we were listening to. And it was like, well, maybe we should just like, I mean, we're doing it anyway, yeah. you know? And so let's just see what happens. And so that's where it sort of started. And, um, you know, it's been fun so far. So that's really cool. Um, okay. So, uh, I guess, do we want to go into a little bit on, on your history w- with, with panic and 
we can kind of sure i'll tell you it, it's it's brief but but <laughs> <laughs> i bet it's not as brief as my history with fish yeah, but. so we're gonna we're gonna find out about about harvey's fish experience and we're gonna do that on on the helping friendly podcast so people who are fans of this should should hop over there and and check that out um so I've seen Panic a few times, and the one time I remember most clearly, and it might have been the last time I saw them, was summer of 06 in Berkeley at the Greek Theater, which is, of course, just like an amazing place to see you, music. Was that your, have you been to that venue No, I think that was my first time. My wife went to law school out there, so we moved out there and met some friends and had some friends who were a little bit older than us who started, you know, taking us to shows and... and that was one of the ones we went to. And I remember just, well, have you been to that venue? I mean, the uh, venue is yeah, no, a spectacular amazing. place. But the show was really good. And I want to get into some more of that and ask you some questions. Because I remember clearly that the second set was just like so much more of a... Intense. Intense. Yeah, right. intense yeah. experience than, than the first set, which was also good, but like didn't... Part of that's just like it was daytime mm-hmm. and it was like probably more people talking and milling about. And then when it got dark, it was like time to time to rock. But uh, yeah. it was cool. I had a great time. And I think a couple of the songs that that we'll talk about in some of the shows that you recommended, I, I definitely heard that that night. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. One of the uh, there's a great quote. I don't know. Do you know who Jerry Joseph is? He's a he's a singer songwriter and mm-hmm. and big big friend of, of Panics and an influence of the band. Uh, he had a band called Little Women back okay. in the late eighties and early nineties with uh, Steve Kimock. And, um, he he had a great quote in the uh, the Earth Will Swallow You documentary about why he liked Panic and um, that it, and uh, and honestly I mean, we should I should probably dig it out and just play it but I'll <laughs> I'll try to get to the gist of it and it, it was essentially comparing fish to widespread and i don't know why widespread panic i don't even know why i didn't even think about sending this to you but and he was he said that the people who went and saw fish were the people who went to see the dead and it was like a, a sunshiny day you know in palo alto and mm-hmm. bob weir sang all the songs mm-hmm. and that that but the dead was actually like a lot of really like dark and dirty stuff too and he's like mm-hmm. and he's like that's what panic brings he's mm-hmm. like they've got like the light but then they're really they have this sort of like dark underbelly yeah uh and so that was you know we were talking a little bit before we started about um you know how especially for somebody who's not familiar with the band like that it can get you know and, and fish is the same way i think probably for some folks but yeah. like when it gets dark and the lights get a little weird and the band gets a little weird and you're not quite sure where it's going yeah that it gets you know a little intense so, so is that because with fish that's what people wait for that's right. like that's why people go is it similar yeah. with with a lot of panic fans yeah and i mean i think everybody's got a different um you know everybody goes for a different reason mm-hmm. right and and i think definitely something that 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 panic does is you know they're they're really song oriented and so like you can see a a for you know a, a show or just a first set that has like you know mostly straightforward songs and be really happy with mm-hmm. it you know what mm-hmm. i mean and not feel disappointed about like well they didn't play a 20 minute you know diner or whatever mm-hmm. but um but yeah for sure i mean i think that's that's when things get interesting i mean i think a lot of i'm going to speak for myself but like i get really excited when when they do um you know transitions between songs and like just creative moments mm-hmm. you know of uh, and those those are the things that that are special for me, and uh, definitely saw some of those at uh, at MGM at, at the show last night, and um, that was uh, that was good. So, um, do you feel like, and you feel like they're still they're still 
playing well and yeah, I mean, being they, original and that sort of thing? Yeah. they. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, people who listen to this podcast know that, that Jeff and I definitely have our favorite eras <laughs> of the band. And, um, you know, we don't play a ton of stuff uh, from after 2002, but, um, you know, we, we've done some. And, and I think, honestly, I like where the band is now more than, than you know, in the last several years. Mm-hmm. And that may be more... I don't know. I don't know if it's me or them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think part of it is me coming to grips with the sound of the band being different than what I, what I was used to. And I mean, I even last night there, there were times when I was like, I almost had to like fill in the spots that were missing. Huh. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. I was like, I, the, the, the sound that I want to hear is not there. And so I've got to just like fill it in, in my mind. Mm-hmm. And that kind of carries me through to like the next moment, Yeah, you know? And then, and then the next moment's great. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not yeah. like, it's not like Jimmy Herring can't play a, freaking fantastic guitar solo right. it's just like it's mostly the stuff in between that where where I, i'm missing stuff so um yeah i mean i feel like they're in a pretty good spot i mean they're getting old you yeah. know what i mean like yeah they've been slogging on the road for a long time a really long and, time um, they've taken some breaks and i feel like they've really got a pretty good um you know w- what they're doing right now essentially is like these three night runs and you know, just sort of picking their spots mm-hmm. to do two or three, like, you know, weekend stands where folks can come and be a destination and uh, do some festival sets in the summer and Red Rocks and, and Halloween and New Year's. And, and uh, you know, hopefully that'll buy them some more time than yeah. trying to do it, you know, a 30 show summer tour. Which seems pretty, pretty cool and pretty chill. I mean, not chill, but like the disco biscuits have been doing that recently where they, they'll just do like four night runs and you know red rocks and new orleans and mm-hmm. vegas and new york and right. philly and you know and it's you know as the band gets older and then as the fans get older right yeah. i mean it, it, it we're all a little more capable of being able to spend money to go to a hotel for two or three nights than we were 10 years ago right <laughs> yeah, and uh, so. <laughs> so um you know i think that's all that's all part of the strategy so i hope that that it allows them to um you know maintain uh for longer you know and keep keep putting out content so yeah yeah that's cool and do you um did you see them early on or 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 like mid 90s when was the first so so my first show was uh was july 18th 1993 i'll i'll make my you know monthly request for anybody who has a digital version of that show (laughs) to come forward i know it exists but nobody has has made it made it possible made it a you know, come I just forward can't with find it. it yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh. So, um, so anyway, so that was a, a horde show mm-hmm. uh, from Municipal Auditorium in New Orleans. Um, I was a, I was getting ready to be a, a senior in high school. It was okay. the summer before my senior year, and um, the horde was great. You know, Blues Traveler and and Panic were the headliners. Samples, Big Head, Todd and the Monsters, Carmen Bruce and the ARU, all good. Um, it, it was a great lineup, and um, you know, obviously that was the genesis of that from the year before was with fish too. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And, um, that was, I mean, I think in a lot of ways it was the idea of, uh, you know, and, and, and fish and panic did this in, in the early nineties, even before horde, where it was like, you know, they would go up North and panic would open for fish and yep. then they would come down South and, and fish would open up for panic, Yeah, you know? And, um, I know there's like several instances of that. Yeah. Uh, so, so anyway, so that was my first show was July of 93, uh, I didn't see him again until September of 95 when I was a sophomore in college. And that was really, that was when it kickstarted um, for about the next, you know, five years. It was pretty, you know, pretty go, go, go yeah. on shows. Seeing so. a lot of shows. Yeah. Yeah. College is, man, 
College is great for a lot of reasons. Yeah. But <laughs> That's one of them, <laughs> right? So you can just go see shows. I saw like my greatest number of fish shows during college for yeah. sure. All right. Because why wouldn't you, right? Um, so do you remember other sh- panic shows? Uh, I, d- I don't, but I know that I've seen some. Do you know that you saw Michael Hauser play? Did you see them before July of 2002? I think so. I think I saw them in um, 2000, but I can't remember where. I think I saw them in the Northeast, like in 2000 or 2001. Is that? Yeah, they definitely did a Northeast tour, I think spring 2000. Yeah, I was like post, you know, end of college sort of time. And I don't remember exactly where, but um, I think think I've seen them three three times-ish. Yeah, clearly makes a huge impact on your (laughs) (laughs) memory. It's just like, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, I'm sure you're the same way, like the I don't know, dozens to maybe a hundred bands that I've seen. Right. You know, like, yeah, yeah. and you're like, oh shit, I saw those guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I that. And and I'm not saying that you know this this band is not as good as as other bands, or, or mm. I just I have like specific memories of mm. some shows, you right. know, of, of bands, and then I know that I've seen them other times, and I just like. Yeah. Maybe I've just been to too many concerts. Is that possible? <laughs> no, not possible. <laughs> not possible. Um, okay, so maybe since since we've got you here, and I definitely want to get into um, some of the, you know, I, so, you know, for, for transparency's sake, I sent you three shows, yeah. and so we're going to get into a little bit of that. Yeah. But before we do that, maybe, you know, can you give us a little bit of, uh, of Fish 101 for, sh- for the Panic fans? Sure, I'd love to. Yeah, so... So Fish has been around at this point for I guess about the same. Yeah, I mean they. So Panic's first official show was February of nineteen eighty six. Eighty six. And they played. You know they played together in eighty five, but the the original four members was uh, February of eighty six, which wow. I think is really. I mean it's right in there, right? Yeah. For yeah. Fish. Same within about a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the the only. I mean the major difference is that there have ne- there's never been a lineup change for Fish, which yeah. is just kind of sort of miraculous. Yeah, for a band of right. That. Mm-hmm. for that amount of time i mean i think there are a few bands now that are that old that are or, or older that have the same original members but mm-hmm. but not a lot so yeah they started out in the northeast you know vermont and eventually got down to boston after several years and then to new york it's just mm-hmm. sort of crazy to think about now how it took them you know several years of playing right. to yeah. like get into you know a place in in a city and I, I wonder too like it seems like with uh being up in the northeast that like there's more of a firewall. Like it's harder to get into because the, the spaces are so big, right? I mean, to like get into New York City or get into, you know, DC or Philly or whatever. Whereas like Panic, they got up up the East Coast. I mean, they came all the way up to Virginia. Like, you know, it's a lot yeah. easier to just go up, you know, yeah. and, and hit, you know, South Carolina and all those Southern, you know, college towns. Um, and even they went, they got out West in like 89, 90. Um, so it's just inter- interesting that like maybe that was a little bit harder for fish to do just yeah. because of the geography. Of, yeah, that's a good point. There, you know, totally. And they went to Colorado in '88. That's sort of a famous mm-hmm. little run, and then didn't do like didn't really go down south until mm-hmm. you know '91, '92. Yeah, I think there's a there's a I had a VHS tape of a show from the Georgia Theater in in Athens, mm-hmm. which is sort of like Panics. Um, well. I know in like Nectar's is like the yeah. like the big where yeah. do they have like a regular show? Did Fish have a regular show? Yeah, at Nectar's okay. in Burlington. Yeah. So so Panic had an, uh, a show at the um, the Uptown Lounge okay. in Athens. Was there like a, you know every Tuesday night or whatever mm-hmm. they played? But then when they got a little bit bigger, the Georgia Theater was where they played. You know, start like the bigger shows like mm-hmm. Halloween, New Year's. They would mm-hmm. do it at the Georgia Theater, and um, 
there's a VHS tape of fish opening up for widespread in, I think it's two one ninety. Okay. At the Georgia theater. Wow. So, um, so that might That's have been cool. like one of their first times yeah, it might have been. coming down. Yeah, because they didn't they didn't have a lot of touring outside of the Northeast until I guess until mm-hmm. ninety, and then you know it all sort of snowballed from there like it did for for Panic. I think there's um, a what lot. Was, was there like a what was yeah? So like what were the momentous yeah you know moments uh, where it sort of the band got to the next level? Yeah, I mean I would say probably fall of ninety five mm-hmm. after you know, Jerry Garcia died, yep. right? I mean, wasn't that like a huge... Yeah, it was huge. I mean, I think the only thing really notable before that is they did the first Halloween sort of costume in 94 in Chicago, or sorry, in Glen, Glen, Glen Falls. Falls. Yeah, I know. RJ, <laughs> Chicago was 95. <laughs> really slacking here. Um, when they covered the White Album, right. you know, which is like... That definitely that definitely was a thing, right? Yeah, it was like something that people recognized. The, the tapes got traded, yeah. right? And people knew, yeah. yeah. And then I think '95 summer and fall, they just started playing. You know the the some of the same amphitheaters that they still play, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like Great Woods. Summer '95. Yeah, summer '95. Okay. So that's when they really got big. And then '97 was just this like incredible leap into like it, people remember it as like pure funk and musically, and musically, leap, right? yeah, not huge. just like size of crowds. No, but like they that. just were like in this. They could not be stopped. They did a couple of Europe tours, which I think maybe fed into that mm. in in ninety six, ninety seven, and ninety eight. But the ninety seven and ninety eight stuff is just mm. incredible musically and and energi- energy wise and new songs and that sort of thing. And then they took a break from two thousand to two thousand two, and then played for a couple more years. So and what? Then so what happened in two thousand? Two thousand, they just burn out. Yeah, they got just got burnt out. They played their last show at the sh- at Shoreline in October, and then didn't come back until December thirty first, two thousand two. So that, was that a planned break or was that a we're because bre- one one of them like we're breaking up? And yeah, we're not that was the, the next second one. one. Okay, that was right, the so, next one. Okay. Yeah, all right, cool. <laughs> so they came back. They played shows throughout two thousand three and two thousand four, and then their the the biggest disaster probably in fish history was was the the last festival at coventry which was this big place in vermont and it had rained and it was muddy and they were turning cars around but everyone showed up anyway mm. trey Where was did you go yeah okay. we walked <laughs> seems to be <laughs> we walked seven miles we left our car oh, and walked Jesus, seven man. miles to get in it was musically one of the worst shows i've ever seen trey wow. was r- very very fucked up like yeah. it was so so they so when so that was when to uh, august of 2004 okay and then Trey got arrested in December of 06. So he continued to kind so of play. So they kept playing? Or he, did the bank play? No, okay. no. He kept playing with like his solo bands and side projects. And then he got arrested for driving with, you know, under the influence with all kinds of stuff. And then, uh, you know, he he's like a big drug court advocate. He basically went to drug court or got, you know, put into drug court uh-huh. instead of going to jail. And he's been Six sober since, yeah, early early 07 and um they came back in march of 2009 so it's just 10 years that they've been back and they're completely like i know on the road they're completely sober and Mm. and trey's completely sober all the time and they're they continue to like put out new albums Mm. write new songs continue to be creative it's it's really impressive we just did an episode on the last 10 years since they've been back Mm. and we were kind of you don't often look back and think about like there's no way I would have predicted that 10 years later they'd still be mm, playing, doing, you know, right, and yeah. still and making new music and doing new things and interesting things. So I'm, I'm just impressed at the longevity, especially because they're like, you know, mid fifties. They're not that old, but it's like, 
Yeah, but road road years. Yeah, right? exactly. I, I was talking to somebody at the bar last night before the show, and it's like invariably this happens, and it's like you know you're talking to somebody like, oh man, JB looked really bad on Friday night, mm. and it's like okay, yeah, well he's you know 55 and he's been on the road for 35 years, so yeah, he's got bags under his eyes. Yeah. it's like that doesn't mean. I mean maybe he is. I mean he he looks old, but it's like you know it's a it's a it's a it's a hard life. For sure. It is a hard life. Do you feel like with Panic that they've that they continue to put out new music and, and kind of push the boundaries and stuff? Yeah. So I mean, I, yeah. So here here's where like I get to be the grumpy old mm-hmm. guy, but I think that they're after Michael Hauser died. I think that their songwriting took took a pretty significant hit. Mm-hmm. I think he was a probably the main you know genesis of their songwriting. Uh, so I think they've written good songs since then, but I don't think that they're, they haven't put out good albums like they did before that. Mm -hmm. Um, they definitely have good songs. I mean, they they play good covers. They play other people's songs Mm -hmm, really mm -hmm, well. mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, and they're doing new ones. I mean, they they mix new ones. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And they've gone back and done a lot of, um, you know, like with these guys, like, uh, like Jerry Joseph and, um, like Vic Chestnut. So I don't, do you know who Vic Chestnut is? Yeah. So, um, and we can maybe get into this a little bit on, on HF pod, but they've gone back. They, they did two records with Vic Chestnut mm-hmm. uh, and they've gone back and like started pulling some of those songs out that they had done with him okay. and, uh, and start, you know, performing them as their own. And, uh, so they did some of those last night, which was great. But, um, and you knew all those. Yeah. Like you, you knew the songs. They just weren't, they just hadn't been played a lot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the one they played last night was uh, Bastards and Bubbles. And I think they played it maybe three times in mm-hmm. the last, you know, year. Um, but it was on, you know, Brood album. So, yeah. you know, I knew it pretty well. But um, yeah, I mean, I think musically they, they, it's not like they aren't as good as they were, mm-hmm. I think. But I just, the songwriting, I think, has not been, you know, but mm-hmm. that's what happened. I mean, you know, I don't think the Beatles would be writing good, as good songs if John Lennon had died. <laughs> right, know, right, or, right. You know, no, if they got back together after he died, like they, you know, they wouldn't be able to do an album like they would with him. So yeah, um, you know. yeah, that is hard. That's like it's hard to recover from, especially if that was like a founding member, foundational right. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so is that what? Do we need to cover anything else on fish? We no, got, I don't think so. Good? That seems that seems good. Was that? I hope I hope people weren't too bored by that no i mean that was <laughs> I, I feel like we kind of went over it pretty quickly yeah. though so um do you think i mean i am is not familiar with the with the recent fish you know mu- you know records yeah um i mean obviously i knew up you know probably about the same era you know the first five or six records i knew pretty well but yep. do you think that they're they're released you know their their most recent record is as good as i don't know what what is the greatest fish record is it, I don't know. Yeah, there. I mean, it depends who you ask. My my opinion, I think Rift is still okay. My favorite. Yeah. Um, and obviously, all those things you bring your own baggage. Right, with, right, right. right like exactly. Where, where yeah. In, and, but, and where I where you discover it and all that. So has anything come close to Rift since? Um, in the I last think the twenty years. I think Billy Breathes, which came out in '96, was was really that good. Didn't count. That's too close. Story of the Ghost. No. Yeah. Right. Right. All since those the in the fir- 90s. How about since the first break? Um, I don't think so. Yeah. I, there, I mean, there. It's like they're, they're, they're these records yeah. are up here, and yeah. then everything since then is below. Not not bad. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, they're still yeah, good. They're, they're still good. Them. I don't. I don't really listen to Fish albums. I know people who do, but mm. <laughs> I go back to the old ones, you know, because yeah. that's that's what I love. But they've written a lot of new songs that 
you know whether you listen to the albums or not like the new newer songs are the com- even just the compositions that Trey is still able to put together are like mm-hmm. just very impressive so okay. it has become much less about the albums which maybe is the same for yeah a lot of bands at right. this point right because yeah, yeah. you're just they're ju- they just want to get out on the road you know mm-hmm. yeah for sure <laughs> okay so um all right that was good i think we got some some good stuff there cool. so um what do you do? Do we want to start talking about these shows? Do you want to? Yeah, I want to. Yeah, let's let's talk some, about them. Do, we, do I need to give you a little bit of background on what this on on what the band is? I, well, I just want to know these three shows that you recommended. Like, why these three? And then you know, I have to tell you, this was like I lost sleep over this <laughs> these choices. Um, and it was <laughs> honestly no no. And like honestly, I'm not huge like uh, active. I'm not super active on like Twitter or on social media, but. When I put out the question of what shows should I send to RJB, I mean that was like literally my most active <laughs> tweet of all time, and because I spent a lot of time on Twitter, so many freaking responses. There were there was a lot, and there was like, there were very strong feelings too. Yeah, right. right? And and they were, I mean, the three that I sent you, I feel like were, um, you know, they were among the most recommended. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of others that I was like, really, oh, okay, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so so the three the three shows I sent you were um, four three ninety six from Huntsville, Alabama, five seven ninety seven from uh, the Palace in Louisville, and ten twenty eight two thousand from Lakefront Arena in New Orleans, and I I I felt very um, inadequate when you sent me yours, and I was like, damn, he did such a better job of like giving me a wider breadth of. <laughs> I gave you like three shows within four years and you gave me three within, you know, 25. Well, I do think like for Fish, the ones I gave you, 2017 was like one of their best years mm. ever. So I had to go there and then try to go back. Yeah. yeah. I didn't I didn't lose sleep though. So you probably <laughs> made more thoughtful choices than I did. No, I think um, you're probably just better at it than me. <laughs> but um, I just... If only you know. I could use that skill in productive ways. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah. So I wish that I had gotten a little wider. I mean, I'm not as uh, educated on the band since, since like, O2 or even or in the Herring era. Mm-hmm. So I didn't feel comfortable enough to be like, this is the show yeah. to get, you know. And uh, so I just did what I knew. Yeah. And um, so, you know, the 4396, a lot of folks would say... I mean, I think the three I sent you would probably... If you if you surveyed Panic fans would be on everybody's top ten mm-hmm. and and probably most people's top five. Wow, um, all the, three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Huntsville '96. I think most people will hold up as you know, am, you know, among the greatest shows of all time. The Louisville um, same, uh, and so you know, part of it was personal. So I was at the 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 Louisville show and I was at the uh, New Orleans Halloween show. Nice. So those two, you know, sort of hold special places in my heart. Um, but then the Huntsville show and, and the mix is so good on the, on the, the, the archive release they did. Yeah. And it was just like, I, that was like, okay, well, we're yeah. going to do that yeah. for sure. And the sound is amazing. And, yeah. And so then the others, it was just like, you know, try to give you a little bit of a, you know, I didn't want to repeat songs and just try to, you know, give a, a nice mix of stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's where those were the ones that I, that I came up with. So, yeah. And I thought the, 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 Ninety six show was was my favorite of the ones that I, I listened to. So so Panic ninety six is where Fish ninety seven is. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least as far as as, as I'm concerned. Um, and I think I, I don't know if I told you, but but basically they started uh, the ninety six tour. They did like a, a month out in Colorado and Wyoming and did the sit and ski tour, where they they did uh, small venues, uh, acoustic sort of seated, and they did lots of. 
they just got really creative mm-hmm. and um those are among you know i mean people hold the, that tour up right yeah. and then but then a month later they came back and like plugged in and and i saw several shows of that spring 96 and it was like you could tell that they were really happy to be plugged back mm-hmm. in and it was just like it was loud and they were like ready and you know sort of like you were talking about that that when fish went to europe it was just sort of just kind of get a reset yeah. and you know, you just start, you, it felt like they were looking at the jams differently. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's and probably similar, right? Cause you're out, they're out of their element and they get back into familiar territory. Right. It's like putting on like comfortable, comfortable pair of shoes. Yeah, right. right, and, right. Uh, so yeah. So I mean, spring 96 is fantastic. You can, I mean, any number of shows from that tour, but obviously the Huntsville one is one that sticks out. Yeah. That I thought that, and, and there were so many songs in there that sounded familiar to me. Um, I thought the, well, I, I actually thought like every song I just made notes like this is cool, this is a good groove, uh-huh. I like this jam. Okay, um, that's good. The um, the the Maggot Brain cover, as you pointed out in your notes to me, was like the, you know, the guitar solo in in the original is good, but I thought the guitar solo in that was really awesome. Yeah, I mean that's to me is like is Hauser at his like at his best mm-hmm. right and he mm-hmm. can where he can kind of build like a slow build mm-hmm. and you know it's not about um you know he's not gonna sound like eddie van halen right yeah. but it's like by the end you're like holy shit yeah like, some fucking <laughs> he's a whalen right yeah and, uh, so yeah, yeah. No, i'm glad you like that
the song Sandbox and then reading your notes about it, you know, that that was the first time first time played and, and only played it, you know, a handful of times over the next several years. And, and they haven't played it since, right? Right, no. So they have brought back several uh, Hauser songs. You know, I mean, he sang um, a good number of songs. I mean, JB was obviously the main, he's the main vocalist mm-hmm. in the band, but but Hauser, you know, sang, sang quite a few songs. And um, they've brought some back, like Vacation, they play mm-hmm. still. That was a Hauser song. Okay. Um, they brought, they busted out the waker at new year's that was that was a song that they hadn't played um since he died okay. and uh so a lot of them have come back but not all you know but not all so. is that a song that people would like would love to hear sandbox yeah i think it would be yeah people would be excited i mean um i'm sort of torn on that like uh-huh. that stuff like i really in some ways i don't know and I, i'm just you know this is who i am but you know i'd i'd Sometimes it's just better to leave things where they were. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and uh, but I, if the band wants to play it, I'm not going to begrudge them. Right? They, yeah, it's their stuff to do. Um, but yeah, so uh, definitely people. I mean, people freaked out about the Waker, and you know, I think Sandbox would be would be a nice bust out too. Yeah, so. yeah. The um, that's something about like Fish. I think always is not doesn't ever want to go back. You mm-hmm. know, to like revisit anything they've done. They just want to keep moving forward. I guess that's. Yeah, you know, a lot I think of people, most folks do, like right? That, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, you know, it's a it's an easy way to get a get a response, right? Yeah, bring right. Something back from, right. from ten or fifteen years ago, exactly. Uh, so, so the second set, like I was mentioning in my experience um, at the Greek theater, this is what it reminded me of the same thing. Like, yeah, it the, the, definitely was like next lot, next not like next level. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, and there's good stuff in that first set. I mean, there's like there's second set type songs. I mean, Maggot Brain is is more of a second set type song. Mm-hmm. They close with Papa's home. That's a, that's a second set type song. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, but they definitely, you know, dialed it up in the second set. Yeah. I thought it was cool. I, I think, I feel like I really knew both of those first two songs. Steiner and Port song are really, I mean, those are, yeah. I mean, among the, um, you know, in the pantheon of great panic songs, yeah. I mean, those are the ones that they play, you know, every three or four shows. And, you know, I don't know what the, uh, what the parallel would be in fish if it's like you know you enjoy myself yeah or a tweezer or something, right right, right. You know, right it's like it's always good for for good yeah you know? and and there's like the the same you know sort of it has a it's what i would like describe as a very quintessential panic mm-hmm. feel yeah just yeah. like it's rocking right it's got like a nice build good solo mm-hmm. um i thought both of those were, were great
part of it. And I remember at that show I saw the Greek, like the second set just got like, it was so much more, yeah, more intense than, than the first set. But I don't know about these, like, did you, do you feel like this show had a similar? The Sunsville show? Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I think in some ways they're not uh, as many, where, you know, where you get sort of the like super ex- exploratory, you know, spacey type, you know, uh, there's not as much of that here mm-hmm. deep in the second set. I mean, that's usually where you get stuff going into and out of drums. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's not like dead space, but you get, you know, some of those. Um, and there's not as much of that in this show. It seems a little more concise, but definitely, you know, I mean, Harleen and Vacation, like the entire shoes, like those are all, um, you know, songs where people are, are into it and, and the band is, is you know, stretching their legs yeah you know. yeah i thought and the whole second set i thought was like it flowed well and it was it was mm-hmm. good like you know it was good energy yeah, right? yeah, yeah there's not much yeah there's not much like breaths right i mean they do uh i'm not alone is probably the only song in that whole second set where it's like you know okay everybody chill out for a minute yeah and they usually do a pretty good job of kind of like riding that flow right where you yeah. get a couple uh, a couple spots where you where you have a breath, but yeah, they're not much. <laughs> Second yeah. set of four three ninety six. Yeah, I thought it was really that was good. I'm that, that's a show that I'm definitely going to go back to. So I appreciate nice. you introducing me to it. Yeah, and the the ninety seven um, show. So to me, like the sound between the ninety six and ninety seven shows weren't wasn't that different. Yeah, in, so in terms of the music. Oh, like musically? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you're like a year apart, a year right? Apart. So, yeah. so so weren't a lot of there weren't a lot of big changes. They were just continuing to. Yeah, I mean, I guess how, so for me, I felt like every time I saw the band from, from the first show I saw until I would say New Year's 97, the show I saw was better than the one I saw before. Mm -hmm. Right. And it was just like, and by the end you're just like, God, I mean, how, where else can it go? Right. Like they have literally like, which is so exciting. Yeah. Right. And, and so not to like, not that I was bummed out in 98 when I saw a show that wasn't better than the one that I saw before, but it was like, you could tell that it just was, you know it's hard to maintain that yeah. level of, you know? And so, so yeah, so I would say like spring 97 is like a more refined, you know, mm-hmm. like if 96 was like, you know, raw, they're, they're really starting to, you know, explore and, and do creative things mm-hmm. that like 97 is like when they're really getting good at it. Yeah. You know? um, so. Yeah. I thought the, the, the highlight of that show that i that i took away was that was fishwater the jam huh. with the drums and i also like heard i heard a little like feel like a stranger sort of sounds toward mm. the end of that jam it might have just been like a yeah. similar key or something but, yeah um i mean just, that was a pretty straightforward fishwater yeah. i mean it's a it's a great placement i mean because again fishwater is a generally a, like a set closer mm-hmm. uh or an opener but mm-hmm. like to to open with that that chill uh, instrumental uh, instrumental with galleon and then just drop it into fishwater just like all right, well, it's on. Yeah. Now, right. Yeah.
also just liked the drums because I, I don't love like I love the Dead, but I don't love the Dead drums. You don't just listen to drums <laughs> no, playlists. <laughs> you know, it's like after like 17 minutes, I'm like, all right. Yeah. Um, but it's cool they like mixed in. Uh, like good drums yeah right? that, i mean it that's a take that's away a, from the energy right and that's a pretty standard sort of breakdown mm-hmm. in fish water uh they do that with with a couple song I mean, chili mm-hmm. water and and uh um yeah where they do sometimes a little little breakdown and they you know and they do you know drums in the second set where the dead does it mm-hmm. almost every night they yeah. actually didn't do it last night but um and it's interesting how you know jeff always wears out about how 96, 97 drums was like five minutes, eight minutes, which mm-hmm. is like perfect. It's like mm-hmm. time to get, you can go get a beer, yeah. you know, go to the bathroom or whatever. And it's like, by the time like 2000, 2001, it was like 20 minutes. Uh-huh. And you're like, what, I don't know, just like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, um, it does feel like it takes away from a show. That's how I right. felt. It's like it. a second set break. Almost, yeah. Right. right. You know, um, but you know, if that's what the band needed to kind of come back and, you know, right. finish things off then then I'm for it. But, yeah. So um, the, um, the second set here, so I thought the I thought the whole thing was was good. Um, the the walk on cover is is really cool. Mm-hmm. It was cool to hear and not not what I expected in terms of the style. Okay, I thought it was like a little bit. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure how to explain it. It just it didn't it didn't it hit me differently than I thought it would. But I okay. thought it was but I thought it was really good. Yeah. Um, and like a really nice really nice placement there. Um, and I think in this show you get a little more of that um, that deep second set. Like with the the party at your mama's house and the and the gilded splinters where they're they're getting they getting a little out there mm-hmm. right a little more than they did in that ninety six show yeah yeah definitely and I thought that was cool I I really liked the I liked the jamming a lot in in the and that's a good point I I guess the jamming probably was a little bit more exploratory mm-hmm. in this in this show um, the but like I don't remember exactly between the different songs in the second set but I know that it kind of went by pretty quickly with a lot of like. I was having fun. Yeah. Yeah. And they definitely, yeah. So like the airplane has a nice long jam and then they kind of drop into an instrumental. So it's almost like mm-hmm. it kind of all melts together. Right. You know, and there, and then it, and that drops into Gilded Splinters and it's, you know, there's just, it's pretty, pretty uh, seamless, you know, yeah. s- segment there from, from airplane through and drums. That, and that, that last instrumental was a, was the first time. First time played. First time yeah. played. Mm-hmm. Cool. And were they, were they debuting a lot of songs that tour? Um, I mean, you know, they were, I mean, not any more than than usual. I mean, yeah. I think spring always seemed to be the the time when you'd start getting debuts. Um, I don't remember exactly how many they did uh, in ninety seven, but, but, but it's not rare to get no, debut. right? Yeah, no. I mean, no. Yeah. So, um, so some some personal history on yeah. the show was that I, that I went to the show. It was also uh, essentially the first date between my wife and I. Oh wow! Was at this show. Wow. Um, it was kind of intense because you're like driving an hour out of town and then go into a concert for three hours <laughs> with somebody. She knew, like, she probably knew pretty quickly what she was getting into. Right, <laughs> right, right. She was probably more nervous than I was, but, um, and it was, it was cool because, well, I don't know. I mean, it was different because normally, you know, I would go to, to a panic show with, you know, like with my boys, right. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, we all know the same, you know, we know which songs to high five on yeah. and like what's a bust out. And, right. Uh, and so then I'm with her and she, I think had seen them, you know, a couple of times, but wasn't, you know, it'd be like me going with you. Yeah. Right. And you just like your frame of references is not the same. And, um, and I remember <laughs> just being like having a hard time communicating to her, like, this is 
fucking amazing show. <laughs> like, she must have been like, you're such a nerd. Like, yeah. what's the deal? I was like, but they played Bow-Legged Woman and Walk On in yeah. the beginning of the second set. Like, do you understand? Yeah, and she's like, and no. Uh, no, I got no idea. <laughs> but, I mean, she had a good time. Like, I, you know, she obviously enjoyed it, but it was uh, it was different. That's funny. And I know that the last song, the last show that you that you shared, the 2000 show, you're from New Orleans? Yeah, yeah. So that's where I grew up. Yeah, so that, that like, the whole show sounded so like celebratory in yeah. a way yeah yeah no for um, sure in, in a way that these other two didn't like yeah it's well just different sort of so one was it was an audience tape right and so mm-hmm. you got up and that's a good point and yeah. um and it was a bigger venue i mean it was a you know it was an arena mm-hmm. and it was packed mm-hmm. and it was all freaks you know what i mean like there, yeah. weren't, there weren't any like people that just happened in or like you know it was something to do on a on a thursday night in louisville or whatever um the one thing I just wanted before we yeah, go yeah. on, I just the the, the thing that that always struck struck me about this show. So this is um, the last four nights of spring '97. So five seven in Louisville, five eight in Chicago, five nine in Chicago, and then five ten in St. Paul, Minnesota. Okay. Um, those are like amazing shows, and it always struck me that that was twenty years to the date after the the May '97 dead run. Oh yeah, and I mean like. I don't know. I always just like to think in my head that they yeah. were like, all right, well, we're going to, that's interesting. It's time not, to like go balls out yeah. because you 20 know, 20 years and, um, 20 years to the day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, and this show again, people, you know, hold it up. The five, seven, the five, eight is like one of the craziest set lists. Like the, I mean, they had gotten to the point where they were pretty standard, right? Mm-hmm. Like you knew what kind of songs you were going to get mm-hmm. openers, mid first set closers, seconds, you know, and like this show and really the Chicago five, eight was just like, they did what? Like they, mm-hmm. you know, open with a low spark. Like what's going on? Uh-huh. You know, it was almost like an inverted type show. And so it just makes me think, I like to think that they yeah. you know, did that as some sort of nod. They I mean, probably did. Right? The Dave, Dave schools was a huge debt. Still is huge debt. Dave, uh, dead fan. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, how do you not know that it's the 20th anniversary of, <laughs> right, of right. Cornell, right? Right. Or right. Boston garden. Yeah. Whatever, and that so. whole tour was so legendary yeah. that, yeah, I'm sure that was on their minds. That's really cool. I'll go, I'll listen to the five, eight show. Yeah. Yeah. I'll it's good. It so, okay. That was, I just no, no, that's, that that's there. good. I didn't even make that connection with the date. Yeah. Um, the, the new Orleans show I thought was, yeah, there was well, there was a couple there were a couple covers in there. Right. Um, so you get like a big crowd reaction, right? For yeah. Like you know the yeah. response to a song that that you're not expecting. But the disco, which I don't, uh, that's another that's a song we heard before. Disco. That, no, that it was not on either of the other shows. It wasn't. Okay, this must be no. just a song that I've heard. It before. is maybe my favorite Panic song. Is it? Yeah. Like, and I mean, it's definitely my favorite instrumental. But and and as I watched the set list from this past weekend, making sure that you know. I didn't miss out on anything. <laughs> I had big time FOMO right. this weekend with the shows I didn't go to that they didn't play disco. And I was like, oh man, we might get a disco opener last night, which of course we did, which made nice. me happy. So yeah, that's awesome. Always gets me going. So you got, yeah, good for you, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that in the, the Mardi Gras in New Orleans was sort of the, one of the, one of the big, like, yeah, moments of that show. Yeah. And right? you can definitely hear on the audience tape that people are ha- having a blast.
themes in in this show mm-hmm. um in the second set but yeah. what what else what were your like big takeaways because again like and this is not meant this is meant to be respectful like when i listen to these shows i had to go back mm-hmm. a second time and listen to them again because okay. like they were just like it was just good music you would like miss like I would what, miss, what, what like, happened what happened i would miss like four songs right. and i would look and be like oh shit this is like yeah i've missed four songs so i don't i don't i'm not discerning enough to know like which which things were important and which were just uh-huh. like good rocking songs you yeah. know what i mean no i totally i appreciate you saying that i mean i think that's that is a uh, understandable you know and i went last night with a buddy of mine who had never been to a panic show okay. and it's like he and he's like he's a dead fan and he was into it but it's like i can tell that he's just like your your frame of reference for like what's happening is really you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like you're yeah. not sure and even when it's easier when you're at the show cuz you can kind of see like when a song ends and the next song and like the response and stuff but when you're just listening and you don't know any of the songs i could see how it would just be you know easy to get lost yeah. but um so yeah, I mean, obviously the the junk the the professor long hair stuff in the middle of the first set mm-hmm. is, is mm-hmm. big. The lawyers, guns, and money is maybe my favorite moment in in any live concert event. Okay. Um, I mean, I still get just hairs stand on my on my arm when I listen to that recording. How come? I mean, it was just one of those. I mean, I, I'm sure that you had one of these moments at a fish show, but yeah. it's just like so completely out of nowhere and unexpected and like. I don't know. It was just so much fun. Mm-hmm. Everybody was in, was so happy and in a great mood, and it was just a it was just a perfect moment. Nice. And, um, so that's yeah. And then the start of the second set with Carl Denson, the Red Hot Mama Sharon is, you know, just sublime. I yeah. mean, that's some of my favorite stuff. Um, and and I, again, also this show, I think you get more. Um, you know, I think they they stretch out a little bit more mm-hmm. in the show than mm-hmm. they did in in the '96 and '97 show, and you know, longer jams. And, um, so you got a little, little more taste of that. I mean, obviously not on the, on the, uh, to the extent that fish stretches songs out, especially one of the shows that you sent yeah. me, but, um, <laughs> but you know, so you get a, you know, a, a nine or 10 minute give is like not, I mean, that's a four minute song, Yeah, you know what I mean? Every time. Right. And so to get, to get it stretched out, nice. you know, um, yeah, and, that context uh, is really important, right? Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, and that's why I try to give you some of those. Yeah, in yeah. The notes. No, it was, it's good. Hard, it was good. It's hard to cover everything, but um, yeah. So this is. I mean, it's just it's a good show. It was a great run. The night before is fantastic. The night after is fantastic. But um, this is this is one that you know stands out for sure in the in the annals. And and this one, you think people would also rank highly? I think so. Yeah. If you had to, and if it's hard, like in a three night run, right? Like to just pick one. Because yeah. you have to kind of take it as a as a whole, but I do think that if you were going to pick one show, even out of that whole, um, you know, six years that they played at Lakefront, like this would maybe be the one that people say is the you know is the most memorable. Nice. And did they did they just play good shows in New Orleans just because it's New Orleans, or did they? Yeah, I mean, they didn't it, have any connection to New Orleans, really, right? Well, so I mean, you know, uh, JoJo's obviously I think pretty pretty influenced by Professor Longhair, so mm-hmm. you've got that. Um, Dave schools is super influenced by George Porter jr. Okay. And the meters. Mm-hmm. And, um, so the, those two pieces and it, it was a place that they played early on, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause it, it's not that far away from Athens and, um, you know, they're not that many big cities in the South and, and it's yeah. one of them. Yep. And, uh, 
And so, you know, they did the, the one night, and I don't know that they were planning to do, you know, I didn't know when they played one night of Halloween in 97 at Lakefront Arena, I don't know that they were planning that they were going to do Halloween there every year for the next five years, mm-hmm. but it just, you know, I think that it was so special that night, and the 97 is awesome. Again, because that was in that window of like, oh, this show is better than the last yeah. one, <laughs> you know, yeah, and, yeah. and uh, Halloween 97, and so then they came back two nights in 98, and three nights in 99, and then three nights in 2000. And um, it was just, you know, it's just one of those things like, well, this is where we need to go. And yeah. it's and it's Halloween. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just it's everything's spooky down in New Orleans yeah. anyway, you know, and everybody's yeah. having a good time. So, uh, yeah, that's that's what they did. Cool. Yeah, I really liked it. And I think just in general, listening back to these or listening to these three shows, probably for the first time, um, gave me a lot of appreciation for, for the band. So I want to keep going and exploring. So that's what I wanted to ask you is like, does this... Did it open open you up a yeah. little bit? I'm mean, yeah, not I that you so. weren't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, no. I think you weren't ever listening to Panic. No, um, my wife, um, my wife has much better taste in music. Yeah, than you exactly. Do. She she went to college with a couple friends. Well, especially one, our friend Liz, who's from um, she's from Montgomery, Alabama, and so she mm. grew up as a, as a Fish fan, but also as a big Panic fan. So she kind of you know educated my wife about that so when i met with my wife she had a couple of the live albums um are there many are there many live albums um <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny to talk to you and you just you have like no no knowledge no it's cool like light fuse so the light fuse get away was their first live record is that came two out. is that like two discs it's two discs um, okay so i definitely had that that's probably the thing that i've heard okay the most yeah and that is i mean it is a as far as um sort of entry point mm-hmm. i mean it's good you know the disc goes on that so that's all from 97 okay and um they it came out in 98 but it was all the shows were 97. 97 okay um and it was not a real show i mean they put together pieces of other shows but it, it essentially looks like a show yeah i mean it's it's built like a show got it you know first set second set mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. but it's all pieces from different shows um and uh, so that came out in 98 when they had the world's largest record release party. Do you remember that? No. Um, so April 18th, 1998, they did a, a free concert for a record release party in Athens and had 100,000 people come. No way. Yeah. Wow. So that was a big moment for the band. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Um, That's but, amazing. Uh, so they did that, and then they did a, uh, one called Live in the Classic City, which was from spring of 2000. They came out like maybe late in 2000. And... Um, then they did a second volume of that, um, and since then they've they've come out with more. But those are sort of like the, the yeah. main ones early. Yeah. So those are the ones that I heard mostly. Mm-hmm. Are the the first life views get away? And I thought, you know, I liked listening to it. But now I know, you know, some more shows. Little, yeah, a little more reference. Yeah, right, but for, I do like, of course, the soundboard with, with the like the amazing sound is just mm-hmm. it's great. Nice, you know. So thank you for for suggesting all these oh, uh, yeah. all these good shows. It. Um, anything else? I don't good? think so. I think we're done good. enough damage. All right. Well, um, RJ, thanks. Uh, I'm glad that you you know came along the trip on the trip with us, and uh, it was fun. M- maybe we can do it again. Maybe we'll actually go to a show. Sometime. Yeah, I'd like to do that. Yeah, we saw we saw Golden Gate Wingmen last spring. Yeah, actually the same same week. Yeah, yeah, I guess it was. That's why yeah. you were <laughs> yeah, <laughs> here exactly. the same week. Um, uh, but we need to go. I'd like to go. I should have gone last night. You should have. I should have. But yeah. next time. That's a cool. Have you been to that that uh, venue? No. It's cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's in a casino. Yeah, it's like it's pretty nearby. I just haven't. Yeah, I haven't made it over there. 
Fish hadn't played there. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. RJB from the Helping Friendly Podcast and uh, Osiris Media. Thanks for, for coming on. Yeah, thank you. All right. There you have it. Uh, myself and RJB uh, talking some panic and uh, definitely appreciate his willingness to step out of his comfort zone a little bit there uh, and talk about something he's maybe not quite so familiar with. But um uh, I was ex- I was really excited. Uh, you know, I feel like maybe uh, opened his opened his mind a little bit to uh, to listen to some some different stuff. I know that uh, I definitely had the same experience going on the Helping Friendly podcast. So check that out um, after you're done with this episode 152. Uh, me uh, and RJ talking about fish on uh, on the Helping Friendly podcast, another great podcast in the uh, in the Osiris Media family. Um, so, uh, just a reminder, if you haven't gone on to, uh, buy a bluest tape t-shirt, please do so. Um, you can, uh, you can get them at our Teespring store, which is uh, teespring.com slash stores slash bluest tape, all one word. And, uh, we've got two different ones, seven, five and the five, seven uh, which is fitting because we talked some 5797 in this episode and also uh, fitting that we talked about uh, 4396 as we just yesterday celebrated the 23rd anniversary of that uh, historic show. But um, again, appreciate RJ being a good sport to come on and uh, appreciate all you guys uh, and girls for your support of the podcast. Um, and We'll be back soon, I promise. Uh, we, we're going to do a little uh, do a little review of the uh, Spring 19 uh, tour that just completed, which I think was a really good uh, good little run that the that the, that the boys had. So, um, hope everybody's doing well, and uh, you know, tell your friends to uh, to subscribe to the Blues Tape in their favorite podcast client. So, um, thanks again. We will talk to you all soon. See you.
I guess a good time was had by all. We appreciate you guys coming down and hooting and hollering here at the Roxy tonight. Thanks to all the staff here that made us feel so welcome. If you didn't drink up all your money, my pal Richard is out there in the lobby with some great T-shirts and ball caps with widespread panic written on them. Many thanks to our friends from the Fish Band and our old pal T. Lavitz for showing up tonight. When you're out and about milling around your favorite record store, check out the Capricorn compact disc and cassettes. They include Widespread Panic, Space Wrangler, and the third one, Widespread Panic, every day. Don't forget about Panic every day. Thanks again for coming down. Uh, tomorrow night, we're going down to uh, San Diego, around San Diego, Solana Beach. We're at a place called the Belly Up Tavern. And on Saturday night, we're at the Ventura Theater right up the road. See you all there. Thanks again for coming down. Be careful out there on the roads tonight. Bye-bye.